The following is a presentation of Four Star Sports Media. Germantown Village Wine and Liquor Studio. Germantown Village Wine and Liquor. They have single barrel whiskeys you can only find in their store. Go by and see Stephen Plunk and tell him Four Star sent you. Now, it's time to get to the point with your hosts, Wes Pruitt and Brandon Bumgarner. Memphis fans and welcome to the point. I am Wes Pruitt. Got my guy Brandon Bumgarner just to the right of me over there. Bum, how you doing? I man? am here. I am good. The Tigers got a win last week. Tiger basketball is getting ready to gear up. The Grizzlies start the regular season tomorrow. It's a fun time to be a Memphis sports fan. It really is, man. It really is. Uh, Brandon, it's always nice to go into a week when the Tiger football team gets a win, man. It just it just makes that week so much better, you know? It feels better. Um, when you have a tough opponent coming up, it does get a little stressful. But you know what? We handled UCF last year. We'll see how we do this year and how you and I think it'll play out. So, Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Uh, you know <laughs> – the Tigers were on a three-game losing skid. In came one and four Navy to the Liberty Bowl. Slide. All right, now, Brandon, did they do the uh, stadium switch over to the new name Saturday? Or for, uh, I, believe, I believe that the first game at Simmons Bank Memorial Stadium will be the SMU game. Uh, okay. I don't I haven't heard any official word on that, but I did see a lot of people saying that might have been the last game in the Liberty Bowl, which was okay. if if that's the last game of you calling it the Liberty Bowl, it was it, I mean dead set perfect perfect opponent, yeah perfect atmosphere, a beautiful beautiful Thursday night game. Uh, all my mem- memories from Memphis football, I've been to road games, but. Majority of my memories come from that stadium right there, you know. Yeah. And you're playing a team like uh, a service academy, Navy. 
like I said, on a beautiful Thursday night on ESPN. It's being broadcast nationally. Uh, it's just the perfect way to end that era and then step into a new one. Brandon, since you were there, let me ask this question, man. I, I was watching on TV. Uh, at the beginning of the game, the crowd didn't look all that full. I just could have been missing it. How was the crowd? It seemed to get louder as I the game think, went on. See, with a Thursday game, it's harder to get there a little bit earlier, especially at a 6 kick. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't get off work until 5.30, 5 o'clock. Um, if you live out in Tyreville, it's harder to get home, get your family, get dressed, come out that early. A lot of yeah. people like to tailgate, take off work early, spend the time out there, then kind of find your way in there. There was a – I think the announced attendance was about like 30,000 or something like that. I think um, – we know how the scanners work at the Liberty Bowl. I think there was about 35,000 people there. It was loud. It was exciting. Yeah, it was. It was nice. Yeah, it was a good crowd for a national TV game against a one-and-four Navy team. Yeah. And I don't care if they're one-and-four Navy team. I, and I'm going to argue with people till the day I die, for at least this year. <laughs> that Navy team this year is better than the record shows. They beat oh, UCF, no and they held uh, a ranked undefeated SMU team to one score. So, uh, that they're, they're a good opponent. They're always well-disciplined. Uh, ironically, this is the game where Memphis got their mojo on defense, and they were able to start getting sacks. When you're getting sacks against the triple option, that means your defense is doing pretty yes. well. Yes, that means so, that it's instant penetration. Yes, uh, that, means, that means you're getting through the O-line, or D, you're getting through their O-line, and you're turning into a uh, – a quality D-line right there. We had some guys out there that had 10-plus tackles, uh, which is just – that's crazy for college sports, you know. You think about how much the offense moves the ball these days down the field. Uh, I, I got a notification during the game. Ironically, I had cell service, you know, which was funny because I never do in that stadium. But I got a notification Xavier Collins the had game. 12 tackles. Yes, Cole Mashburn yes. had 11. Yes. J.J. Russell had 11. Yep. Quinn Johnson had seven. Uh, Owens had seven. Big John Tate, that guy. Look, all right, sorry. Sorry yeah, to get on the rant here. Everybody talks about all these other guys coming back. To me, the biggest acquisition for the Memphis football team this year was John Tate. Him coming back was huge for that defense. Yeah, uh, former four-star recruit. Yeah, it's a stud. You know how hard it is to come off of an Achilles injury as a big guy? Yeah. I haven't torn my Achilles personally, but I know people that have and that are yeah. my size or John Tate's size. You know how hard it is for them to even try to walk again? He had four solo it's, tackles. Yes, and I think he had three sacks. Two sacks. It, it, uh, okay, oh, John okay. Tate, no. One one sack, two, two uh, tackle for loss. Okay, well, either way, it's still – it's still impressive. Excuse me, impressive. My boy Wait. Morris Joseph is just getting it out of the mud with his six tackles. That man, let me tell you something, Brandon. I like our defensive front a lot. I do we too. Just have, um, we just haven't been able to been able to get that pressure, and I don't know what happened. Maybe they listened to the show last week, but they might have. They, they, very, they very well may have, and if they I'm did, that's great. I'm Morris Joseph and John Tate on Facebook, so if I share the show, they might see it. Well, but, um, if they're listening, thank you. But Yeah, thank you for the but, support, guys. Yeah, 
the light the light switch clicked last week for our defense, and it was it fun did. to watch. It did. You know, Mike McIntyre. Uh, you know, he gets all this criticism for the the three game skid, and yes, he he did not scheme very well for those games, and I'm sure he will admit that. Uh, coaches are the first ones to admit that they're wrong. He made up for it last week, man. I know Navy put what seventeen up on the board. Yeah, but they were all on what uh, the first drive that they scored on was a twenty-two play drive, which was like nine minutes long. It was the longest drive in FBS this season to that date. Now Saturday, I think Kentucky had like a twenty-two play drive that was like eleven minutes, but on right. the fourth quarter. But um, no. I, just happy to see him get his mojo, you know. Hopefully yes. that translate to this week, translates to this week. I think it can. Yeah. Uh, you got a tough UCF team. You don't know who's going to be playing quarterback this weekend. D- Dylan Gabriel might be back. It might be their freshman. It might be the other kid. Can't think of yeah. his name right now. But uh, the defense looked to be excited out there. They were – they were fired up. They were getting stops. I mean, it, it was it was fun to watch that defense for the first time all season, in my opinion. I I don't want I don't want this to sound to come off as mean or anything like that, but it seemed like last Thursday night for the first time this defense was having fun. I mean, does that make sense? What I'm saying, like, yes, they were yes. flying around. But the big thing I noticed they were congratulating each other. They were pumping each yes. other up. And that's something that I haven't t- haven't seen all season from them. Well, or I know am I couple- just blind and I've just missed it? No, you're you're absolutely right. A couple of our listeners I know listen to sidelines over there with Rob Brown and Jimmy. Yeah, um, a great job. I I'm over there every week, let's uh, doing an interview with them either Wednesdays, Thursdays, or Fridays. Uh, one one of those days during the week, you know, one of the three and. Uh, Last week, they were asking me what the problem was, and I said, I think this defense just needs a morale boost. Yeah, I, I think they need a good – just honestly, just needed a good kick in the ass for them uh, to get everything fixed. And I know we had three of them in a row, but it was just nice to see. You know, I, 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 all season I've been saying, well, it, it, the, the defense just, just – Needs to stay off the field, you know. Uh, that That's what's killing them. Our offense needs to take its time. Well, the offense, look, we scored seven points early in the game, right? Navy took right. that 22-play drive, scored. We scored in one, one – the next possession on the first play. It took us a total of what? I think it was like seven or eight seconds for Calvin Austin to run a 69-yard touchdown. That is one of the – all right, all right. So, I'm glad you mentioned that. Calvin Austin on that play, he got little, and then he got gone. Literally. Okay. Got little, got gone. So, when it's you're like saying that. get little, if you watch that replay, he made three Navy linebackers run into each other. And then you look – so, you, you think back to big blockers, you know. So, Joseph yeah. Dorsius was a big blocker for Daryl Henderson and Kenneth Gainwell when he was here, correct? Right. Yes, most definitely. You look at that play, and you see a big man like Sean Dykes running down that field, laying a hammer on one of the Navy defenders for Calvin yes, to get that did. touchdown. Yeah. It was very exciting to see that. Uh, it pumped Sean. Sean is the ultimate team player. You can see it. Yes. Even when he's not getting the ball. 
He is going to block for you. He's going to mm-hmm. make sure you get that play in. And he's going to do what he can to help this team win. He uh, Like last week, I think he only had one was it one reception for three yards, and it was a touchdown, I believe. Yeah, uh, he had one yep, one catch, three yards, a touchdown, long of three. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the guy, the, the guy made a block. For, that allowed Calvin Austin to score because Diego Fago, the the guy that was uh, got blocked, he is, I believe, a sixth year senior at Navy. Yep. He's first team uh, All American, All Conference, uh, uh, not All American, but All Conference. Um, he's a very good, disciplined football player, and to see a guy like Sean Dykes just lay the hammer on him and allow his teammate to get in the end zone and then celebrate with his teammate was really nice to see. Yeah, but back to that defense for a minute. Go ahead. You know, I, I mentioned the I mentioned the the Calvin play. Well, that defense comes out what a total of maybe a minute and a half off the field later. Yeah, uh, and they score. Uh, or Navy doesn't score. They they yeah. allow them to. They shut them down. Completely and shut them it down. It was yeah. After a twenty-two play drive, you would think yes. that Navy would get out there and just be like. All right, let's run this triple option, get a couple bang, bang, bang plays, and we'll score. Well, and I mean, going into that drive, I mean, literally in front of my TV, I literally told my wife, I was like, here we go. Here, here, here comes another 12-minute drive. And no, boom, 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 off the field, offense is back on the field. Yep. You it know, was nice to see him, man. Last week, you know, we harped. I mean, I'll call a spade a spade. We've been pissed off the last three weeks. But – we keep talking about this offense and who is leading it. And, Brandon, we talked about it on the phone this week. He is a child, and he went 8 for 12 for 216 yards, two touchdowns and one. Seth one Hennigan, Seth Hennigan is unbelievably mature for his age. He's unbelievably talented for his age. And he is making it look easy. I know he had a uh, – what, did he have one or two interceptions this week? Uh, one. Okay, I know he had an interception this week, and it, uh, that'll get to you. Yeah. <laughs> but he went right back out there and just shook it off. Yeah, he did. Like it was nothing. Yeah, literally. Um, I mean – It, was, it way... was exciting. Yeah. It was exciting to see him uh, – it was exciting to see him get out there and make make some plays uh, once again. It looked like he was having fun. Uh, it looked like his receivers were having fun. It, it, it was it was just really really fun to watch that team play, you know. And it it had been basically a month since I had seen that team have any fun. Yeah, on a football field since yeah, the Mississippi really State had. win. Yes, the Mississippi State win was the last win before that three-game skid, Mm -hmm. and those guys were on top of the world. They got—I think—they got their mojo back with this win. And honestly, look, Wes, we control our own destiny. Yes, we need some things to happen here and there, Mm -hmm. but the championship conference championship game is not out of the question yet. You're right; it's not. So uh, you can go out here and you can play well. And get some wins. Don't have any hiccups. You'll be all right. If all you gotta do is just run the table and get yep. some help, yep. and that's happened numerous times in this it's conference. Happened for us before. It's happened for us. It's happened for other teams when it wasn't us. 
I mean, if you, if you go back and look at the American Athletic Conference, and even going back to Conference USA, looking at the standings late in the season, there's always a team that's going to shoot up or a team that something's going to happen, they're going to just worm their way up. It, it, it happens every year, every year. Brandon, you know, we talked last week about the rushing attack for this Memphis program. Of course, this week we were, we were without uh, Rodriguez-Clark. Any update on him? Uh, so, Drake Clark, uh, I watched Coach Silverfield's press conference yesterday. It seems that he's just kind of day-to-day. Uh, I believe he's in concussion protocol. I think that's what he said. He's day-to-day. Should be. Hopefully, he'll be okay for Friday. But, yeah, they're just taking it day by day. Yeah, I mean, look. but going back and looking at the rushing attack from last week, Brandon, uh, Brandon Thomas, 15 rushes, 56 yards, uh, one touchdown. Calvin Austin, of course, with that beautiful reverse. The rushing game got their mojo back, too. They did. and That we, was very nice to see. We talked about that last week, that that had to happen along with the defense, and both things happened, and Memphis got a nice win. Yes, yes. Um, you know, it, it, it's almost like we're uh, setting betting lines, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's, it's nice to see that uh, we, know, we, we know where we can get things uh, done. Yeah, most definitely, man, most definitely. So – Brandon, let me ask you this, man, and we're going to bring on a guy uh, here in just a few, uh, a few minutes that's got some questions for us. But, Brandon, let me ask you this, man. The play calling this week to me was more fluid. It was more. It had more of a flow to it, if that makes any sense. Where has this play calling been from Kevin Johns and this Memphis program? Because I haven't seen the game flow of a play calling like he did, even – like we talked about with that pick that um, Hennigan threw on that drive coming back out, the play calling had flow to where is that? Honestly, I think you've been fighting from behind so much that it's hard to uh, get that in there. I will say that we, we didn't fight from behind this week. You know, Uh, We didn't get up big with a big head and get conservative for a team to come back. And then us panic, you know, I think there were some panicked play calls in those games that we lost. Uh, It was just nice. It's good. I think Kevin Johns and Coach Silverfield have kind of figured out, uh, at least for this past week, they figured out what they needed to do as far as calling. Uh, And I know you're playing against Navy, who is very disciplined on defense, very disciplined on offense. So it makes it harder for you to scheme. But I'll give credit where credit's due. I've been hard on Kevin Johns. Yeah. I've been uh, I've been hard on basically the entire offense. Because, um, you know, they put up the stats, they just don't put up the points. Right. And finally got that down. Joe Doyle, special teams. Yes. Went five for five on field goals or extra points, excuse me. Let me ask um, you this, man. Who is Eddie Lewis, the kid out of oh, Butler man. Junior College? For, he's, yeah, a, he's, so, a, he's a New Yorker. That kid went off. Yeah, so Eddie's been playing this year. Um, this was like the first game that he was recognized, I believe. It's yeah. kinda, so I compare it to Coxie when Coxie was on that team that went to the Liberty Bowl 
Yeah. He really wasn't recognized. Nobody really knew who he was. Yeah. Then the next year he had a big year, and the year after that he had a big year, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, or it's like an Anthony Miller. When we played Ole Miss in 2015, Yeah. he was a known guy, but Mose Frazier was the guy. Right. And then Ant had his two years after that. I think Eddie Lewis is going to be one of those guys. I think this is his first year in the system. So everybody's like, well, hey, who is that guy? You know? Man, that kid um, is fun. But that to kid watch. is, he's fun. He's fast. He's got great hands. Um, it's very, it's very exciting to know that you have capable receivers behind Calvin Austin uh, and Javon Ivory, of course. Uh, J- I, I think Javon's trying to get his mojo back a little bit. Uh, Speaking of Javon. He only had one catch, and it was the most beautiful play call I've seen us make the whole season to start the, the first, game. The first play of the game. That was a beautiful play call. They ran a slant a slant right across the middle. The middle's been yeah. open all year. They Go ran ahead. a slant right across the middle. Javon Ivory catches the ball and just takes off. Yes, And, of course, he got caught, but yeah. it was just to start the game. That's how you want to start a football game, you know? That's, exactly. Now, the only thing that could result better right there is if you score a touchdown on that play. Yeah. But that was exciting to see Javon get in there and make make some shake, as the kids say. You know what yes. I mean? Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. It was just good to see him come in and have have a have an effect on the game. Uh, I love Javon Ivory. I think he's going I, he's to be an absolute stud. He's oh, yeah. a good dude, too, um, on and off the field. So I am excited to see where his career takes him at the University of Memphis. I know that uh, in the fall, he had double labrum surgery. Wow. Or after after football season last year, yeah. he had uh, surgery on both labrums. So he is coming off of that. So fans give him a chance to get he- fully healthy. I know you're, right. you're, you're a little bit more than halfway through the season right now, but – it takes a minute, you know. I've had surgeries. It takes more than a year to get over some of them, you know. So, but you know what? He's still a weapon right now. He is. Uh, you look at that Temple game. He had two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the play calls were for him. He's very capable. And a lot of people are. I've I've had a lot of people ask, "Well, where are you going to be next year when Calvin Austin isn't on this team?" Well, first of all, we don't know that Calvin has a full extra year of eligibility. Um, now I do think he will get drafted. So, oh, yeah. uh, you have to think in that in- instance, uh, this Calvin Austin, if Calvin Austin leaves, um, who do we have backing him up? You have a guy like Rock Taylor who had a beautiful catch that the refs took away from him. Yes. Uh, it, it really made me angry cause he's a true freshman trying to get in there and get some time and. Hey, he's, he's going to be a weapon, man. I he really is, feel he like is. he is. Uh, and I really like the fact that he's a big kid. I really like the fact that Seth is looking at him. So we talked about this. Seth looks his, looks at his first option. It's Calvin, right? Right. You're starting to see him use his second, third, fourth option, and that's getting very, very dangerous for other defenses because once he recognizes this, <laughs> this once he recognizes a, this, yeah, and he did it last week. Yes, he no did. No telling if he does it again this week, you know, so – I mean, uh, here's the thing. That Navy game, and Zach, we're getting ready to get to here in just a second. That Navy game, man, really just I came away with this statement. Where's that been? Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I think it all, a lot of it has to do with Brady White working with him in his off yes. time. So, Willie B with a comment, the Navy game was a perfect example. You're exactly right, Will. Uh, he went through his progressions last Thursday night, and it was beautiful to see. It really, really was. It was. Oh, uh, John Sturdivant. John Sturdivant did ask a question. Oh yeah. Um, uh, pull that up for me. Which one? First one or second one? Uh, the first oh, one. Yeah. Oh, right so here. It, no, no, no. The first one. Whichever one you showed up first. Yeah. Go Tigers. I'll be there. Uh, any advice from for me, Brandon? So I will tell you firsthand. UCF fans are ruthless. I had a little redhead seven-year-old kid come up to me at the 2018 conference championship said that me and my buddy Ryan were there. He goes, you guys are Memphis fans? And we were like, well, yeah. He goes, well, that sucks. And then he walks away, and I'm like, hey, where are your parents, dude? Um, but, uh, yeah, their fans are ruthless. You're going to get stuff thrown at you for sure. Um, if it's, it's a Friday night, I'm sure it's a blackout. Yeah. Memphis is a rival to them. Uh, I know they won't say it is because we only have two wins all time against them, but I think it's a rivalry is regardless. It- is it homecoming again? I feel like every game for us on the road has been homecoming. See, I don't know because our homecoming's not until November sixth. So yeah, our homecoming's the uh, uh, UCF or not UCF uh, SMU game. Oh, John John started said it's the space game. Oh yeah 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 that they're space uniforms, so it'll probably be a whiteout. Oh great, yeah. Uh, Will Bass made the con- oh yeah yeah John John said they are wearing white. Thank you to everybody watching right now on Four Star Sports Media, The Point Podcast, and also Four Star Sports Media on YouTube. Check out our channel. All the shows that we have in our network of shows will be featured there weekly. Uh, Will Bass said five different scores. Brandon, we've been talking about this offense. Zach, I'm coming to you next. I promise you I am. Um, This offense was prolific Thursday night. And I, and I haven't used that often. I mean, I haven't used that term all season. No, um, you could have used it the first game, but we played Nichols. Yes. But uh, it, it reminded me a little bit of last year's offense and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. Um, yeah. So you saw a glimpse of what this offense is capable of, Yeah. which is very nice to see. Um, you're, we're going to be all right. It, it's oh, yeah. it's going to be, be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to see these guys get back out there. Um, and hopefully this Friday, bring the heat and put it out there again. Yeah, we're going to get into the UCF game here in just a second. Got a guy that's uh, part of the brand that has done a lot for this brand. Great guy. His name's Zach Kerr. Also goes by Razorback Zach. He's got a show on our network. Check it out. It is the only fan-driven podcast slash sports show on social media. Razorback Zach, how you doing, my man? What's going on, fellas? Not much, man. You got some question for us? Yeah. So I watched this game the other night, and uh, you know, I, I'm I, that was the first Memphis game I've watched. But I want to get you guys' opinion and and let the fans know what do you guys think was the preparation leading into the, the Navy game with with the Memphis defense trying to prepare for this triple option. I mean, that was the talk of the game going in. Well, you know what's funny, Zach, is uh, last year Mike McIntyre was well prepared for the triple option, and they scored seven points. 
the entire game. It was a 10-7 win. So I think it's just discipline, man. I think that he preached discipline. He preached that the front seven have to get in there, get in the backfield, get tackles early, and wrap up. So, oh, my goodness, our three-game skid was a lot because you couldn't wrap up on tackling. Guess what? They wrapped it. They wrapped up last week. That was I think they listened to our show, question. Brandon. I, I think too. they listened to I our do. show. Well, I really that, do. Everything that they did right this past we week talked about. is what we said they've been doing right. <laughs> hey, if you're listening, keep on. Share it. Coach, Please Coach, share it. Coach Silverfield is in his coach's chair in his office being like, man, these guys, they, they might be it. on to something. Yeah, they get the point. Hey, next Zach. Year, hey, next year when we're on staff. Next year yeah. when we're on staff, we'll just we'll, – uh, we'll continue our yeah. podcast just for our yeah. fans. Yeah. Will said, yep, they heard us. Uh, Zach, when it comes to this this Memphis defense, we've had Mike McIntyre on the show pre- uh, previously. He's one of the best that's ever done it. Um, and he knew – trust me, like Brandon and I said earlier in the show, he would have told you, hey, we're not playing our best defense. This is the best I've seen this Memphis defense look as a unit this entire season. Um, I I think Brand's right. I think he preached we've got to win in the trenches. If you don't – I mean, Zach, you know you're an Arkansas fan. If you mm-hmm. don't win in the trenches, you don't win. That's what Sam Pittman's brought exactly. to the University of Arkansas. That's what we did Thursday night. We won it. When the ball was snapped, we were firing off the ball right then, winning our battle, getting lower. Lower man wins. It's all it's all a leverage game. Lower man won all night for Memphis, and it showed. We got pressure, and our defense flew around behind that pressure uh, to answer your question. You know, the, my other question was, and, and I think a lot of fans have seen it too, Navy went on an 11 play, a 22-play, 11-minute drive, okay? Memphis's offense was on the field maybe a grand total of 60 seconds at a time. How in the world – can you get a defense to rest that fast and still hold them to just 17 points? You can't. It's just sure willpower. It, it's it's telling these guys, hey, this is how this game's going to go, and you're going to have to be ready. That's it. Very true. He's right. He's right. That's it. I mean, you know, just like we talked about earlier, when Seth Hennigan threw that interception and then the defense came right back on the field and got a stop, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's – it's huge. Like our defense, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. After that 21 play drive, we we go down, we go we go back on defense. Our defense gets a stop right there. Every Memphis fan, and if they tell you they wasn't, they're lying to you. Every Memphis fan watching that game, either at the Liberty Bowl or on TV, was like, "Oh crap, here we go." Every single one. I, Brandon, can you I say something way? about those? Can, uh, to an extent, but I wasn't that nervous. Go ahead. The right. one thing I will say about Seth Hennigan and his interceptions and his turnovers, the guy tries to make a play after every every single time he, he does something. You don't see much of that at a quarterback. You'll see a quarterback try to, like, jog down, you know, because they're pissed right. off at themselves. Seth gets in there and he's like, all right, screw it. I'm going to go make a play because I messed up. Yeah. He went and made a play. He, he goes and makes back. a play, you know. Uh, he wants yeah. that ball back, you know. Perfect example, Mississippi State game. You throw an interception inside the Mississippi State red zone. They pick it Save off. Could have been a pick six. He he shoelace tackles them. Yeah. You make or you force them four and out in there 
on on the goal line, yeah. and then you go 98 yards down the field to score a touchdown. I mean, yeah. it's it perfect examples. It's the little things like that that win you football games. And Seth Hennigan's really good at doing those little things in the small sample size that we've seen so far. He is, most definitely. Uh, Last Zach, question for you guys. Last question for you guys. And, and, and I noticed this. You know, we, y'all, y'all talk about the, the three-game skit a lot against Temple, against um, – um, God, who they play? What was the other two? Tulsa Temple and yeah, Tulsa uh, Temple, and then uh, t- uh, UTSA. UTSA. Yeah, UTSA. What outside of the defense? What do you think their mentality was going into this week? Was it, you know, we've got to do this, we've got to do that? I mean, what, what, what do you think was different in practice this week? Okay, so offensively, I think a big change, which is a change that I agree with John Sturdivant, um, that. Kevin Johns needs to be on the sidelines versus being in the booth. Absolutely. Uh, I can, think there might he be, can see I the think flow. there was a communication problem. I agree. I think there was a communica- communication problem from the booth to the field. And I'm not talking about mics. I'm talking about right. guys understanding what play is going. And now he's on the field play calling. And these guys, uh, it gives Seth and it, it installs Seth more confidence because that's his quarterback coach. And it installs the offense more confidence because they know what plays being ran. And what I think, all that is very true. More importantly, he's on the sidelines and he can see these guys' eyes. Because in football, your eyes tell everything. Your eyes tell whether you're in it or you're not. And on the sidelines, he can walk up to the player and be like, hey, what's up? Look at his eyes, tell whether he's checked in or checked out. That's when you pull him off the field, put somebody else in to replace him. Whereas if he's in the booth, he doesn't see that. And right. I think that's huge for this offense. The offense looked better. It flowed better. The play calling was immensely better from the very first play call. From the very first play call from the Memphis offense Thursday night, the play calling was right where it needs to be from here on out. And it's, and it's honestly, honestly, it's where it should have been the entire season, period. My opinion. One last thing, guys. You know, we this is kind of off topic from the game. You know, there's a lot of talk about conference realignment. There's a lot of talk about the SEC having a super conference, um, the Big 12 trying to stay relevant. You know, the Big 10 East is the the uh, the division in college football this year. What are you guys' thoughts about schools like UTSA, Rice, and these con- these new additions going to these conferences? Um, <coughs> that, and do you think that you think that Memphis is kind of getting the, the raw end of the deal here as far as being left uh, out of We are absolutely getting the raw end of the deal right now. Yeah. Um, they just added a bunch of jokes to the American Athletic Conference to make up for three lost teams. Yes. Uh, now, I wasn't expecting six. So maybe the American Conference knows something that we don't know. Maybe they're thinking Memphis, USF, and SMU are bouncing. I don't know. I'm uh, like Will said, not thrilled. You have teams like, okay, UTSA, decent football program. They're undefeated yeah. right now. They're ranked. Rice, absolutely horrid. The only thing they're good at and have ever been good at is foot baseball. UAB, new stadium, uh, decent football program. We Rivalry. own them. We own them regardless. Yeah, uh, they just don't. <laughs> we murder them in basketball. They think it's a rivalry in basketball, but it's not. Florida Atlantic, you beat the crap out of them in the Montgomery Bowl last year. Uh, I mean, what a competition. Charlotte, they've only been a D- FBS, or excuse me, they've only had a football program since 2013. 
So eight years. What? In North Texas. Yeah. And I love Ren Baker down there at North Texas, former associate AD here at Memphis. But North uh, North Texas has taken two steps back as far as football. Yeah. Um, they North- made they did make they did make this uh, the round of thirty two in the NCAA tournament this year uh, for basketball, but like they don't do anything for me. You know, teams that do something for me are Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Coastal Carolina, App State, App State. Yeah, yeah. hell, even Arkansas State. You know, yeah. Uh, it's a 45-minute drive from Memphis to ASU. That, that, that it's, it, it, it's, it's a good rivalry. Um, I don't hate UAB. I, 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 yeah, I mean, like Will said, run the table every year and finally get that offer to join a P5 conference. Well, now, who's offering you right now? Because the Big 12 hasn't announced if they're going to do a second part expansion. No, but, I mean, you know, you've got to wonder, though. You've got the SEC, which has got all these, you know, potential 16-team layout with Texas and OU joining um, as early as next year, as late as 2025. You've got Cincinnati, um, Houston, and BYU, and then one other one going to the Big 12. UCF. UCF going to the Big 12. You know, in the ACC, you don't have a big name in the ACC. You don't have a – you know, the big name in the Big Ten is between Michigan and Ohio State sometimes. Does Memphis have to be that the Alabama of the American for somebody to stand up and go, we want them in our conference? There has to be consistency, like right. there has been the last eight years. We've yes. been a bowl game every year since 2014. We've won eight games every single year since 20 more eight or more games every year since 2014. And five out of the last that. eight years, we've been ranked at some point in time during the season. We have the 11th highest FBS win percentage since 2014. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Um, so if you actually look at it, though, why? And I mean, we could we could run this in circles all night, guys. But oh yeah, why do you think Memphis has just been overlooked here recently by the likes of a uh, a UCF or a an Alabama? What was it? The Alabama, Florida Atlantic? I I think. Uh, yeah, Florida Atlantic, UAB, um, and some of the Charlotte, North Texas. What I mean, Memphis has got a bigger TV market than most of these teams. It's it's because the city, not the university, the city doesn't promote the University of Memphis the way that it's needed to be promoted. Orlando loves UCF because it's the biggest school in the country. Cincinnati is loved by Cincinnati because it's the only thing they have because the Bengals and the uh, Reds both suck. Um uh, you look at Houston. Well, uh, they're not doing very good in any of their sports either, other than the right. Astros. But um, Houston got in because pure based off of money. Yes. Um, the nobody the Houston supports Houston. Is huge. Yeah, yeah. The, the market's huge, but it's because everybody's watching all the other Big Twelve schools or Texas or Texas A and M. Right. Um. But <sighs> the city has to. Um. Yeah, being a commuter school is a problem. It hurts. Uh, it does. It hurts. But uh, the city has to invest in this university the same way that these other cities have invested in their universities. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody cries about well, the non-campus stadiums hurt. Uh, not having a non-campus stadium has hurt us. Did it? Maybe. Um, but I don't think that's the final factor in it. 
I think no, that I it's I, I, I your know. alumni base doesn't support you the way that it needs to as well. Yeah. Uh, all these places have a, a huge alumni bases. Memphis is a big alumni base. It does. But but the majority of them don't support the University of Memphis. A lot of them are Tennessee, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas fans. Yes, you're 110% um, correct. So it, it – uh, and then when Memphis gets good at basketball, then they're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a Memphis alum. I'm a Memphis basketball fan. Now, yeah. when Tubby Smith was around, they weren't Memphis basketball fans. Hell, it was hard for me to be a Memphis basketball fan when Tubby was around. So <laughs> they do have a pass there. But Tick um, Jones was worse, man. Go ahead. Tick Tick Jones? You mean Tick Price? I mean, yeah, sorry. Tick Price, and then it was Johnny Jones. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was like, who is Tick? <laughs> you just put both of them together. It was um, all a blur. Trust me. It was. Uh, but yeah, like uh, you have to get your alumni base bought in, um, and you also have to. The city has to support the university the same way the university supports the city. Yeah, I agree. Doctor Rudd's done an incredible job. If you walk around our campus ten years ago and now walk around it today, it's, it's not, not the same, same campus. campus. No, it's ridiculous. Here. Yeah. Uh, Memphis has done everything that they can. Now it's time for others to do what they can to help this university. I completely agree. Well, Brandon, speaking of the university, we've got a big game coming up this Friday night. We make another trip down to Orlando. You were on the you were on you were on a show about this time last year, buddy, where you made a lock of the year, and it landed. Landed yeah. like a landed like a daggum right hook. I was uh, up until four minutes left in that game. It wasn't a <laughs> lock of the year, that's for sure. Down twenty-one with four minutes left in the game, and they came back and win. I mean, yeah. But I was right. They got a win. Uh, that's that's all that mattered to me. Yeah, you're right. We it wasn't how we won. It was that we won. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, that, playing UCF is always tough, even if they have a down year. But this year just feels a little bit different, you know. It feels like there's momentum there for us. It feels like they're going through a little skid. I think they've lost two in a row. Yeah. Um. And they got they they just got absolutely demolished by Cincinnati last week. Who is um. Yeah, I that really game, do think I really that game was over when they got off the bus. Yeah, I mean, what since he was up twenty eight nothing at one point, yeah. UCF couldn't do anything. But I really, really do think that um, this game is a little bit different this year. You know, you got a new head coach down there. It's not Josh Heupel. Speaking of Josh Heupel, Tennessee fans, you're absolutely garbage, and we'll talk more about that Thursday. But um, yeah, uh, I, I do think I do think that. Uh, it's it's just kind of a new thing because you're going up uh, against a Gus Malzahn coach team now instead of a Josh Heupel coach team. Yep. You got different players all around the field. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there's there's a there's there's definitely still a rivalry there, and I know. Oh yeah. UCF fans are going to be like, eh, I don't know if there's much of a rivalry because we've is. only ever won two games against them. But if you look at the the, just the competitiveness in the games that we play against them. Yeah. It's overwhelming that there are – them and Houston would be our rivals. Yes, um, most definitely. In conference rivals, at least. Yeah. But 
yeah, uh, it's going to be tough, man. Like John said in the comments, it's their space game. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I know they have cool-looking uniforms. Yeah, they wear some helmet with like a different look. It's got are like they gonna, a Are they going to break like a big telescope out uh, during the game and like look at the moon or whatever? I don't I mean, know, man. I, I, they call it the bounce house. I don't know. You've been there. I've bounce heard it's the a, space. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's a yeah. jump. I heard it's. Uh, I've heard it's not a good stadium. Well, just, you know, it, it's made out of pure aluminum. It's like it's like literally jumping up and down on a baseball bat. <laughs> safe. It's yeah. It might be a safe space for them on Saturday. Um, I think we're gonna go in there. I, th I think we have a big morale boost right now. I think we can come in and uh, make something happen. Yeah, like I said that. earlier, as the kids say, make some shake. Yeah. I think the defense is ready to roll. Seth Hennigan is playing. Um, so, I mean, let's get this thing rolling, man. I'm ready for Friday already. I mean, here's the thing. we Oh, I am too. I'm extremely ready for Friday. So, here's the thing. We talked about it last week. And fans, some fans may say, oh, well, that's just, duh, you got to tackle. Here's the thing. This is a Gus Malzahn sweater vest, the fighting sweater vest. I'm telling you, man, that's, that's what he, he needs. He wears, a he wears a polo in Orlando. It's too well, hot for a, a sweater vest. He needs a sweater vest. Get him get him like one of those dry fit materials. Dry vest. fit sweater vest? Yeah, yeah, get him a dry fit. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. Defensively, this is going to be – you're going to have to be – get back on the ball quick. You know Gas Malzahn is going to use tempo. You've got to be ready to, number one, know your assignment, know where you're supposed to be, because if you're in the wrong spot for one second, this offense is going to burn you. And let's not let's not take anything away from them, Brandon. Central Florida's still got speed. They, they've always had speed since they've been good. Not when they were 0-12 just a few years back. But – Will, you're exactly right. To win this game, you've got to get the D-hype. You've got to spread the ball around. Seth Hennigan's got to be Seth Hennigan. He's got to keep on going through his through his progressions. Um, this is going to be his – this is going to be a true test. It is. This is going to be really his is. first hostile – like true hostile environment that he's played in. Yeah, most definitely. Um, probably a sellout crowd down there. Yeah. I guess a whiteout. Um, yeah, and I really think that, uh, it's, it's on national television on a Friday night. I think if you could go down there and make some noise, you can make a name for yourself, Seth Hennigan. I know yes, you're sir, listening. I, agree. I know you're listening because the rest of the team listens apparently. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Seth, let's go down there, spread the ball out, get the D hype and, uh, just go get a win. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, we're going to go to break real quick. When we come back, we will uh, be talking Tiger, uh, sorry, Memphis Hoops, Tiger Basketball and Memphis Grizzlies.
we lacing up. You better bring a whole army with you, cause the Memphis said we don't play a bluff. This Memphis do we come to lose, we here to win. Pay your dues, otherwise I got bad news. What you came to do? Get them boys the blues. Get boys the blues. Get them 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 boys the blues. What you came to do? Get them boys the blues. There's so much history in my city that I can't put it all in a song, but I'll tell you one thing: we get along when anything. Just got through talking about Tiger football, uh, the Navy game, and now the, uh, and then now coming up the Central Florida game. Now we jump over to some Tiger hoops. Brandon, to end the show tonight, we're going to talk Memphis basketball. It's always a fun time in Memphis when basketball season is going on. We're going to bring in Willie B for this segment. Will, thank you for joining us. Uh, hey, talk- he made it to Atlanta. <laughs> Look at him. Uh, I'm not there yet. Not there yet. I'm no. just getting, just getting ready. Let's okay. talk some Tiger hoops, fellas. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. Let's dive into it now, guys. The regular season is not quite here, but we've got a little exhibition matchup against some guys that we're very familiar with as Memphis fans. Brandon, tell us a little bit about Lemoyne Owen. Yeah, I don't know much about their team, but I do know their coaching staff consists of former Memphis Grizzly uh, Bonzi Wells, almost as LeBron James. Um, that would have been funny. Uh, yeah, for those of you that didn't know, LeBron James went to Lemoyne Owen. Just kidding. Uh, no, former former Grizzly Bonzi Wells, who is notorious for getting into a fight with Mike Bertello during a playoff game uh, in the uh, – in the uh, locker room and then be yep. being suspended. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's really cool that they've got the uh, Memphis connection going over at Lemoyne. Uh, a really good friend of mine, Mikael Lowry, is a big, uh, big, big time guy over at Lemoyne Owen College. Uh, shout out to Mikael. But um, Tigers got a couple of matchups coming up. Got this Sunday against Lemoyne, and then next Sunday against Lane College. And speaking of Lane College, Tiger fans will remember this name. Andre Turner is the head coach over there at Lane College. Um, will this Memphis basketball team looking at the first five games of the regular season? They got Tennessee Tech coming to Memphis. They got NC Central coming to Memphis. A team that I hate to see on the schedule, St. Louis coming to Memphis. Western Kentucky, a tough team that we've matched up with recently. And then we go to the NIT season tip-off and take on Virginia Tech, a tough ACC opponent. How do the Tigers need to start this season, Will? Man, honestly, I could see them, uh, I could see them going straight through that that little bit of the schedule and, and come out unscathed. The way this 
the way this uh, the way this roster lines up, I mean, it's crazy. You know, you got so many weapons out there. Um, it's really it's. I mean, it's it's going to be an amazing season. I think they could easily go through the stretch and be just fine. Yeah, I mean, we've got five games in the month of November, and I think in the month of November we could go undefeated. Uh, oh yeah. That's if, you don't, if you don't go undefeated in the month of November, I think it's a disappointment. Yeah, it'd make definitely. a really long season. That, and that, it would have to be like, unfortunately, I mean, like you look at something like that, if you don't go undefeated in November, it's because of an injury or something yeah. like that. I mean, it, something unforeseen. Yeah, because once you jump over to the month of December, the regular season hits a major just rough patch. You got Georgia on the road. Then you go down to old, to Oxford, come home, play Murray State, come home, play Bama, which would be a nice game. Go to Nashville to take on the guys up that there. Team yeah. And Hope then uh, you both. got Alabama State coming home. And then you get conference season started with a road trip down to Nolens for a Wednesday night battle. Um, this Tiger basketball team is going to be a, fun, a lot of fun to watch. I'm really excited for next Sunday. Oh, uh, man. And, and, and just watch this team just This team, and have guys, fun. sitting there at Memphis Madness, close to the floor, seeing these guys up close. This team is long. It's the biggest team Memphis has ever fielded. I can yeah. say that with confidence. It is also the most talented team Memphis has ever fielded. Yes. And I can say that with confidence. Oh, yeah. Jalen Duran is a grown man. He's not set. There's no way he's 17 years old. <laughs> that guy is bigger than Joey Dorsey ever was. Wow. Um, are you sure Imani that's Bates. saying something? He's 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 got he's like 6'11", 250. and his wingspan five, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's unbelievable. Um, then you have Amani Bates, who is a long, a lanky shooter, dead eye shooter, fun to watch. Then you have the guys that people forget about, Joshua Minot, who won the dunk contest. And he threw down every dunk that he threw up. He hit first attempt. Oh, wow. I don't know if y'all saw. I don't know if y'all saw the under the leg, just uh, right back into the basket. No. Uh, somebody posted it on Facebook. I will be sure to share it from the the uh, the page. But it was <laughs> nasty. Um, very, very, very excited for this team, guys. Yeah, uh, I am too. Uh, 20, 2019, and I'll reiterate it again. I've said it before, but. 2019, I was excited because we had number one recruiting class, and you had a bunch of freshmen coming in with the number one freshman, number one player in the country, and all of that kind of got thrown to the side because the whole Wiseman incident happened, everything like that. This year, you have senior leadership. They're not senior leadership, but you have leadership all over this floor. Not to mention the number one recruiting class in the country joining them. Uh, it, it is unbelievable. Uh, this team is very well coached. Larry Brown looked very happy and pleased to be there. Good. Uh, at Memphis Madness. I think he know, knows what he's here for. I think Rasheed Wallace knows what he's here for. And uh, it should be a That's good time. It's going to be so much fun to watch this staff work with not only the veterans we have on this team, but also with all these incoming freshmen, uh, transfers, things of that nature. 
it's going to be a lot of fun because we've got weapons literally at all five positions on the floor. Um, and it's, it's just going to be a rotating list of when your guys point who can guard, score. When your point guard is going to be six foot nine, your shooting guard six six, your small forward six seven, your your power forward is six nine or six ten, and then your center is six eleven. Yeah. Every single player on the floor, I'm used to having like guys that are my size at point and shooting guard, right? I'm six right. five. I'm a big dude. These guys are massive. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, Brandon, where can the Tiger fans catch the game Sunday? Uh, at FedEx Forum. Uh, there is, it is, uh, or on the radio, uh, on the Roar Memphis. Uh, I think it's 98.9, the Roar. That's the radio station that, that it's broadcasted on. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I don't believe it's on TV. So, it, it should be fun. Excited to see Bonzi Wells and Lionel Hollins, former yeah. Grizzlies coach. Um, come into FedEx Forum and uh, make yeah. make an make an appearance. Should be a fun time. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Uh, guys, let's transition to, over to the other basketball team that plays in the FedEx Forum. And of course, we're talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. Guys, Grizzlies season starts up tomorrow night against the Cleveland Cavs. Brandon. We talked a lot about them last year, about how gritty they were in the playoffs, that they were just hooping. Uh, they were just out there balling and just having fun. Do you see that plus a little more this year, plus a little growth, a little maturity? I see a ton of growth. I hopefully see a healthy Jaron Jackson Jr. in our future. Yes. Um, speaking of Jaron, he just signed a four-year, $105 million extension. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, that's a lot of money. Not in the NBA. That is a very good value deal for a player like Jared Jackson Jr. Um, hopefully he Absolutely. stays healthy. Hopefully he stays healthy. But you're getting a third-year John Morant who potentially, I honestly think, and uh, he will be an all-star. Yeah. Um, Dylan Brooks is out right now uh, with a <clears throat> hand injury. I believe he fractured his hand. He's going to be out for two to four weeks. I, I believe that's what I read. Um and that might have been last week, so it might just be a week or two weeks left. But um, yeah, man, this team's going to be fun. They looked good in the preseason. Yeah, they, uh, they did. The, the rotations, the rotations were really good. Taylor Jenkins looks like a a, a veteran head coach now, uh, going into his third year here. Um, I like him a lot, man. I, I do too. I like that Bobby Hill looking dude. He looks like Bobby <laughs> Hill from King of the Hill. Um, but there's a lot of – I mean, just, yeah. you really don't hear about him. I mean, he doesn't let Bobby Hill go down. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> um, he's, no, I, he's good. I, I, yeah, I, I like Taylor Jenkins. Very, very good good coach. I think he's a player's coach. I think the players enjoy him and appreciate him. Um, I'm ex- What I'm excited to see – what I'm excited to see is a guy like Brandon Clark get his mojo back because, you know, last year he struggled all year. Yeah. Um, and then this year, uh, like in the playoffs, he barely played, you know, couldn't get his mojo down. Um, a guy like Kyle Anderson, uh, do what he did last year, be that veteran on the team. The The oldest player on this Memphis Grizzlies roster, believe it or not, is Steven Adams. You want to ah. guess how old Steven Adams is? Yeah, He's been in the league for a while. 
28, 29, he's 28 years old. He's the oldest player on the team. That's a good so that problem. shows you it, it is a good problem, especially in the NBA. Um, and for this team, for where they were last year, when Jonas Valanciunas was the oldest player on the team, mm-hmm. you, you sit there and you're like, dang, they were the seventh seed in the playoffs. Yeah. That was with all this youth and what the potential that they had. And that was without Jaron Jackson Jr. Now that you have a healthy oh, yeah. Jaron, and hopefully he stays healthy, that's my biggest problem with Jaron. I, I want to like Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. so bad, but I can't if he doesn't stay healthy. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, well, it's not his fault if he gets healthy, if he, if, he, if he gets injured. And I don't mean to go on a rant here, but I'm going to anyways. The players are paid to stay healthy. Now, if it ha- it's a freak accident that happens in a game or in practice, I- I'm cool with it. But also, you have to think, look at Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons was, what, a $100 million contract for the Grizzlies, thrown down the drain, and it was all because of an injury problem. He had knee injuries that he just couldn't recover from and everything like that. But it is your job as a professional athlete to not only be healthy, but get yourself healthy. Um, and Jaron's young, so he's still learning uh, what, what that means and everything like that. Luckily, his dad is a former NBA player, so he can help kind of guide him in that in that spotlight. Yeah. Um, this team's going to be good, man. Like, this is the first time, I think, in my lifetime or since the Grizzlies have been in Memphis that I can actually just get up for Grizzlies basketball and Tiger basketball. Well, Tiger basketball, I mean, I'm up for it no matter what. Yes, but, yeah, it, but I'm saying at the same time. Oh, yes, 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 most definitely. Uh, when it comes to the Grizzlies. Usually, if the Tigers are not good, the Grizzlies are really good. And right. if the Grizzlies are really good, the Tigers are not good. Right. So, it's very it, – it, It's. I'm happy to see it's a good problem to have. You know, it's not even a problem. Well, um, I mean it, – it's just more for the city to support and yeah. get out for these a- athletes and yeah. student athletes and everything like that. So I completely agree. You know, Will Brand just alluded to it. It's a fun time to be a Memphis sports fan right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, Will we'll, talking talking Grizzlies, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, wrap it up here. But when you look at the Grizzlies, Will, give us a couple of guys that uh, nobody's really talking about that you may be excited to watch. Well, I mean, I know he mentioned him, but um, and he's not necessarily somebody that nobody's talking about. I think he's he's kind of been the main draw since he got here. But um, Stephen Adams, man, I, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Being uh, being the old man joining the uh, the crew, um, I, I don't know. I just think he's so far. He he seems like he's got a great personality. I think he's going to probably gel really well with these this group of guys. Um, I'm excited to see him. Um, I mean, honestly. I, I can't even begin to tell you, man. Um, between, like like Brandon said, between this Tigers team and this Grizzlies team, you know, uh, we've got a fun year of basketball ahead of us. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, you know, guys, when it comes to, to just Memphis sports in general, I mean, even down to the high school level, you've got great talent. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I hate to keep using this damn Lane Kiffin saying, but get your popcorn ready every week because it's going to be a show. It really is. Absolutely, Brandon, Brandon. Is there any, uh, is there any, anything with the Grizzlies that that you're maybe concerned about just to end the show? Uh, 
I wouldn't say it's a concern, but I would say it's a necessary concern, I guess. I'm concerned about guys getting injured, as I kind of stated earlier, Jaren right. being one of them just because he's because of his injury history. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest concern would be if Ja were to get hurt because that would just ruin the season. Um, I'd still think this yeah. team's good enough to make the playoffs uh, and push without John Morant, but like you don't want that to happen. No, you never want your star. It'd be like LeBron James going down for the Lakers, you know. Yes, it's your star player going down. Um, but on the other hand, uh, the whole COVID policy at the FedEx Forum, and I know this is kind of a hot topic and people might not want to hear it. <laughs> the Grizzlies are going to lose a lot of money because of this whole thing going on in the city with you having to show a, not only, and I'm not saying this because people are lazy. People do have things going on where they don't, can't take time out of their day to go get a COVID test, you know, um, or, uh, and, uh, I, I know people that don't want to get vaccinated and stuff like that. So you, you do have a concern there. I think you're going to have a problem as far as um, attendance for like the Tuesday night games, the Wednesday night games, you know, the midweek games. The Tigers won't have as much of a problem because, one, their base is a lot a lot bigger. Sure. But, two, um, they, like they're, they're – expected to make a deep run in the tournament and people aren't going to want to miss that with the Grizzlies. They have 41 home games, not including the preseason and people aren't going to want to go get a, either a test every three days or people aren't going to want to get, and then you have your people that don't want to get vaccinated, but not, I don't want to bring in all that stuff. I'm just saying it, it is, it's going to be a concern for the Grizzlies organization as far as revenue and everything mm-hmm. like that, just because uh, you, you have that going on, you know. Very true. Very true. Well, guys, we've had another great show tonight here on The Point, brought to you by Four Star Sports Media. Got to give another shout-out to our sponsor, Stephen Plunk over at Germantown Village Wine and Liquor. I'm sorry, Wine and – yeah, Wine and Liquor, 7730 Poplar Avenue, or give them a call, 901-737-3174. Tell them Four Star sent you. Tell them the points sent you over there. They've got some single-barrel whiskeys that I've heard are just incredible. Uh, but, yeah, go by, check them out. Germantown Village Wine and Liquors. Once again, thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Willie B., thanks for jumping in uh, for the Hoops uh, session of the show, man. We appreciate it. Safe travels to Atlanta for uh, you and your fam. And, uh, of course, if you need anything, reach out to us. Bum, you know, man. Appreciate you as always, buddy. It was another good time here on The Point. I am Wes Pruitt. Thank you to everybody watching Facebook, The Point, Four Star Sports Media, and also our YouTube channel, Four Star Sports Media. We are out. Thanks, Hey, before we run out, before we run out, I do want to say congratulations to former Memphis Tiger kicker Riley Patterson for signing yes. with the New England Patriots today. Heck yeah! Uh, he's he's been through he's been through a up and down little stint. He broke his foot when he was with the Vikings. Um, didn't make the roster. 
and now he is in the NFL, and he's going to get a deserving shot that he deserves. Um, Most definitely. One of the best kickers, one of the best players, and good, just best people. His whole family, good people. I know them very well. Um, very happy for oh. him and his family to get that opportunity. Most definitely. And also, before we get out of here, big announcement, guys. We announced it on Facebook. We got to announce it on the show. It was so much fun. We decided to come back for more Sidecar Cafe, November 7th. The point will be there. You get to see me, Willie B, and Bum live and in person. And it is fun, 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 guys. Come out to Sidecar November 7th. Hang out with us. We'll talk some Memphis sports there. Uh, Going to have some other guests on as well. Great food, great atmosphere, great ownership. Rick, Rick Haygood and company do an amazing, amazing job, and we're very grateful for them. Go by and check them out at Sidecar Cafe, but we will be there Sunday, November 7th, probably talking about a big SMU game from the day before. Once again, I am Wes Pruitt. For Willie B., Brandon Bumgarner, everyone else here at the Point and Four Star Sports Media, we are out.